the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If you are concerned with stock market volatility, why refi has an investment in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return not correlated to the stock market. It's a portfolio where you can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose. And there's no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. Your interest is compounded daily. You are paid monthly and there are no fees. No surprises either. Either It's a secure collateralized portfolio that delivers a high fixed interest rate up to 10.25%. That's right, 10 and a quarter percent. A due diligence approved firm. You can check them out by going to investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com. Or call them at 888-YREFI-34. 888-YREFI-34. You know, you think about some of the stuff I was discussing with Bethany and then to add it to some of the stuff I was discussing with Hugh Hallman and tremendous learning loss, never mind the emotional stuff for the time being. And you just you just you just wonder why we can't we can't go back to a place of basics of studying the kinds of things that made us kind of a smart country in the first place, a knowledgeable country and culture. In the first place, you read the kind of fare that the woke are putting out now and bashing us over the heads with um, my princess boy, pink is for boys, uh, Jacob's new dress, being you, a conversation about gender, uh, when Aiden became a brother, uh, on and on I can go, uh, born ready, the true story of a boy named Penelope. I mean, aside from all the cultural stuff. Is that going to make us smarter or better in any sense? In one of his first speeches as Secretary of Education, William Bennett said, George Orwell wrote that it is the first duty of intelligent men to restate the obvious. So let's aspire to suggest the shape of the obvious, starting with our schools What should our children know? It's important to know what justice is, what courage is. It's important to know what is noble and what is base. It's important to know what deserves to be defended and what deserves to be loved. In the words of Montaigne, it is important to know the difference between ambition and greed, between loyalty and servitude, between liberty and license, and more. Every student should know how mountains are made and that for every action there was an equal and opposite reaction. They should know who said, I am the state, And who said, I have a dream? They should know about subjects and predicates, about isosceles triangles and ellipses. They should know where the Amazon flows and what the First Amendment means. They should know about the Donner Party and slavery and and Shylock and Hercules and Abigail Adams, where Ethiopia is and why there was a Berlin Wall. They should know a little of how a poem works, how a plant works, and what it means to remark If wishes were horses, beggars would ride. They should know the place of the Milky Way and DNA and the unfolding of the universe. 
They should know something about the Constitutional Convention of 1787 and about the conventions of good behavior. They should know a little of what the Sistine Chapel looks like and what great music sounds like. Our students should know our nation's ideals and aspirations. We believe in liberty and equality and limited government, the betterment of the human condition. These truths underlie our society, and though they may be self-evident, they are not spontaneously apprehended by the young. Our students should know these ideals, and they should know that a large part of the world thinks and acts according to different beliefs. These are the things we should want all our students to know. We should not hold some students to lesser goals, pushing them into educational backwaters while everyone else is advancing upstream. One-time president of the American Federation of Teachers, Albert Schenker, once asked a class of average and less-than-average students, what should we ask you to read? After a pause, one student raised his hand and said, Mr. Schenker, we want to read what the smart kids read. Not all students have the same ability, so it is up to our teachers to adapt good material to the level of the student. And if the teachers aren't going to do it, then yes, the parents darned well better be ready to do it by electing themselves and showing up at school board meetings, curricula debates, curricula suggestions. And they shouldn't be ashamed for standing up for the kinds of things that should take place in school and separating them, distinguish, distinguishing them from the kinds of things that should be taught at home if they should be taught at home and leaving that question as to what should be taught at home to the parents. We talk a lot about parental rights and education as a movement, and I'm all for it and it's important. We should also maybe think a little bit about children's rights in education and that they have a right not to be deprived of what the good stuff is, what the smart kids read. And they have a right not to be deprived, going back to my monologue in the very first hour, of their childhood. These are inherent rights. And, you know, this may be putting it a little too casually, but if you think America isn't the same country you grew up in, that can be a good thing. It can be a bad thing. We might have improved. How many of you think we've improved? How many do you think we are a better country when it comes to schools, when it comes to education, when it comes to the rearing of our children? How many, how many of you think we do more right than wrong? Is it possible? Maybe, maybe, maybe that if you think that while we have progressed, certainly in technology and progressed in perhaps access to wisdom or knowledge, access to it, though not apprehension of it, that it might have something to do with the change in the mission of teaching, the change in the mission of what we now ask our schools to do, and the change in how we badger and batter parents for wanting some of that old-time education. There's a funny little phrase that goes around here and there. This is why we can't have nice things. You know, when people mess up, Bill, you're nodding your head. You know exactly what I'm talking about. There was a court hearing today, and no one could log into it, and it was delayed by an hour because someone sent out the wrong 
phone number and clogged up the, the system to watch it. And someone said, this is why we can't have nice things. If you want us to be a country that has good things, great things, maybe we go back to look at what made us good and great and the kinds of teachings and education and knowledge that made us good and great. And get off this stuff of erasing and disappearing childhood because it's the woke concern of what some adults think they should perpetrate on our children for political purposes. Let's not use the schools and the playgrounds for adult political debates. Thanks for spending some of your day with us. Uh, I've been beaten up on this story in the New York Times most of the show today uh, called A Fast-Growing Network of Conservative Groups is Fueling a Surge in Book Bans. That's the title. Uh, and then it says, uh, subtitle, some groups are new, some are longstanding, some are local, others national. Over the past two years, they've become vastly more organized, well-funded, effective, and criticized. Yes, and criticized. Of course, and criticized. Because it flies in the face of post-postmodern ideology or what we might just simply call wokeism. You know what it seems to me would be a great, great thing, a great message to the New York Times and to the woke? This article, if you uh, can access it at nytimes.com, if you can access it, it mentions a lot of the organizations that they they think are kind of doing the business of censorship and book banning, what we might just call protecting parental rights and children's innocence. They mention a bunch of them. It might be nice to go and look at those organizations and join them, swell their ranks. Wouldn't it be really cool if over the next two weeks after this article were printed, which was uh, today, over the next two weeks, wouldn't it be really cool if those organizations had a surge and people signing up for their newsletters and donations, that 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 might teach a thing or two to the New York Times and the critics, the critics, the people who are criticizing and calling us censors and book banners. We are nothing of the like. You know what they are? They're censors of children and banners of ch childhood. That's what they are. That's what the other side is. They are trying to ban childhood. We are trying to nurture and protect it. Go take a look at these groups, join them, support them, and teach a lesson to the New York Times, which seems to be just in great need of one right now as well. Thanks for spending some of your day with us. Until tomorrow, I am Seth Leibson. God bless you all, and class is dismissed. Well, welcome back as we head into hour three of our daily three-hour tour. It is a uh, delight to welcome back Bethany Mandel. She is a contributing writer for Deseret News and, uh, of course, an editor for the children's book series Heroes of Liberty. We'll say a few words about that. I would say she's also a real hero of what I was talking about in my monologue uh, a couple hours ago, uh, Saving Childhood. Um, and preserving childhood. Uh, Bethany, there's so much going on right now from your most recent column uh, in, in uh, Deseret News about the American Doll book series. But there was a new and we'll talk about that, too. But the, the impetus for my calling you today was a story in The New York Times. You know, 
Dow saw. It's a long title. A fast-growing network of conservative groups is fueling a surge in book bans. We're against, uh, evidently, because we don't want children to be sexualized as early as ages four and five. We are the new uh, we are the new Anthony Comstock type censors in this country. Uh, no doubt you saw this piece as well. I did. This is something that the New York this is a drum that the New York Times has been beating for quite a while. Um, and uh, you know it's funny we at uh, at Heroes of Liberty tried to donate books to my local school district uh-huh. uh, a couple weeks ago, and the school district put in writing why they refused us, and it's because the publisher, Heroes of Liberty, promotes um, American values. Oh. Pro-American values. And so oh. that was their justification for turning us down. So it's, it's funny to me being told that we're the book banners uh-huh. when they won't accept donated books <laughs> if they promote American values. And, and, and let me just tell our audience, um, it is... You know, um, Hanukkah and Christmas time coming upon us. Very few gifts can be better than a book. Uh, go to heroesofliberty.com and check these books out. These are books about people like Harriet Tubman. These are mm-hmm. books about people like Clara Barton and Mark Twain. Uh, these are p- books uh, about not just Americans, by the way. Uh, Margaret Thatcher, Winston Churchill. I guess Winston Churchill was an American in dual citizenship sense, but people don't think of him as an American. So they don't. They, they're not only censors themselves. They 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 seem to want to deprive children knowledge of people like Harriet Tubman and Mark Twain. That's a, that's a good yep. school for yep. you. And and meanwhile, the same school district was in. So this, the story about us broke on Fox News, and the same week Fox News broke the story that the same school district is requiring, without an, the ability to opt out, uh, that children as young as four read LGBTQ books. Yeah. yeah. And the school district claimed to Fox News that there was an opt-out, but that opt-out only magically appeared after Fox News came calling. Oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm in a struggle. I'm sure you are too. Uh, when we say these books are about LGBTQ things for four and five and six year olds, it's it's much more than that. And the struggle is the difficulty in describing it to an audience over public airwaves. But yeah. when you yeah. look into the, you know what I'm talking. When you look into these yeah, things, no, I mean, it, yeah, it, go ahead. So they're so graphic. Yeah, yeah. That. When parents have tried to go to school board meetings and read from these books out loud, they're deemed too inappropriate, yeah. too graphic right. in nature right. for them to read them into the public record. That's right. And yet they're available in these libraries. They're available. I mean, sometimes they're required. It's, you know, it's, it's again, ridiculous to be called the book banners when basic, basic sort of decency of parents saying, I don't want my kids to have access to literally pornographic material. That's what they call book banning when parents say that. And the thing about it is, without I, I really did struggle a couple hours ago trying to describe these books to the audience. Um, it's worth pointing out that almost by any definition up until about maybe five or ten years ago, some of this stuff would be considered child pornography. Which has yes, never had First Amendment protection. Yep. 
Yeah, but now, now, I mean, acceptance has taken on this whole other sort of dimension. And, you know, it's not just, it's not just sort of, I want to marry who I want to marry. Right. The, right. the LGB part of LGBTQ has pretty much won their victory and moved on. That's right. Now, now we're in the T. Mm-hmm. And all of, all of our conversations about, about sort of gay rights and all these things has morphed into call me by my pronouns or I'll have you fired and have your business destroyed or teach your five-year-old that their gender is a social construct or else you're a book banner. And if you don't like it too bad, because we're going to teach it to them anyway. This was so revealing when Florida was going through this debate and got slandered for passing the um, the don't say gay okay. bill. Yeah. And you saw on tick on uh, on uh, on uh, Instagram, these kindergarten and first grade teachers, most of them male, as I recall it, really, really caterwauling and crying that they could no longer feel free to talk about their weekend lives, their sex lives with their kindergarten and first graders. And it makes me think that, you know, these books and this whole debate really is about soothing the anxieties or soothing the political and sexual political concerns of teachers more than it is about teaching children modernity, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's absolutely correct. Um, you know, w- what we hear is, you know, people want um, these these adults, these teachers want their experiences honored and um, and their identities honored. I, I mean, I don't remember if my second grade teacher was married and I thought it was weird if my second grade teacher was married. And now n- now they have the flags hanging in their classrooms and they're reading books about, you know, swish, swish goes the drag queen's hip. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a very different existence than what we had growing up. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a millennial and it's even different. Um, and, and the thing is we, we have to sort of stand here and say stop or the, the train will keep on barreling ahead. And, you know, we, we went from, I just want the freedom to marry whoever I want to parents don't get to opt out of books about drag queens awfully quickly. Awfully quickly. And and it's and it's in a sense another, a secondary or a second wave, I think, of an abuse of these children, at least an, at, at least an emotional abuse, where some of these teachers seem to want to get their validation from six-year-olds, six-year-olds yeah. who might. Go ahead. Anyway, you take my point. I, it's it's no, a yeah, very no, it's a very infantilized right. view of adulthood and teacher student relationship, is what I think. I mean, the teachers want the teachers of are of a generation that they got a trophy for merely existing, mm-hmm. and they they feel entitled to to have their feelings honored. And you know, they went through college being told that. Words were violent, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and now those college kids have graduated, and the you know the trophy, 
the the participation trophy kids went to college and then were given safe spaces in in college and then they were they were told that words are violence all of this is a linear experience yeah. and now they're in their early 20s and they're not only expecting the wider world to uh, to validate them but they're expecting six-year-olds yes. to validate them that's right that's right because they that that whole ethos seems to me to have been the follow-up or the follow-on to some, well, I don't know, I, I can't keep track of the waves. Is it second wave feminism that was prominent in the 70s? There was this wave of yeah. feminist teaching, and it was a radical teaching. People like Shulamit Firestone talking about the personal is the political, that everything in your personal life has to be validated within a, po- a political objective, and there should be no separate zone between the two. I have to take a quick commercial break. Let me do that real quick, pick up with you on that when we come back. Talk about your latest column in the Deseret uh, News, which is also on topic, and the Antidote, which is your Heroes of Liberty series as well. It's it's not as if there's only crud out there, folks. There's some excellent stuff out there. And if you have to teach it yourselves to your children, if you're using the Heroes of Liberty uh, books that Bethany is uh, responsible for, in part responsible for, you'll be doing your kids a big favor. Bethany Mandel and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Bethany Mandel is our guest. She is a contributing writer for Deseret News. She is also an editor for the children's book series Heroes of Liberty, heroesofliberty.com. Bethany, um, we're talking about uh, we're talking about instantiating sexualism into our very youngest of children in this country and using the schools to do so based on a New York Times piece that tries to shame us, shame we conservatives here. Um, What is, I think, important for a lot of parents who aren't, you know, they don't follow the news like we do. They hopefully don't even read the New York Times. But. But what's, I think, another important thing for parents to know here is seemingly trustworthy organizations or seemingly trustworthy tried and true institutions um, have fallen victim here or have fallen into this into this into this uh, vortex as well. Disney once upon a time would have been thought a gold standard for raising children with good you know, values, aspirations, and fairy tales. Um, You write in your most recent uh, column over at Deseret News about another institution that has gone fastly down the drain. You want to say a word about that? Uh, We're talking about the American Girl book called Body Image. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm currently sitting on my couch and looking at my daughter's bookshelf, Mm -hmm. and the entire top shelf, is American Girl Doll books. Mm -hmm. They were fantastic. And these are books from when I was a kid. And they were books that I was excited to share with my daughter. Um, They choose a character and they set her in a period of time. And it tells her story. And it's wonderfully educational and entertaining for young girls uh, to learn about. Gosh, I wish I had my daughter here to, to remind me. I think it's Samantha is the one that's during the American Revolution. Rebecca is a Jewish girl um, on the Lower East Side at the turn of the century. And so they sort of formed these relationships with these girls who were set in these time periods. And 
millions of American mothers buy their girls the dolls, buy the girls the books, and it's a whole experience. Mm-hmm. And then American Girl Doll, which is owned by Mattel, that and they release Barbie dolls, including a transgender Barbie last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they decided to release a book, and the book is about body image. Mm-hmm. And so one would think that it would encourage positive body image among young girls. Mm-hmm. Instead, <laughs> the book says to girls, if you don't like how your pre-pubescent body is changing and you feel uncomfortable and you don't think that you're, you were born in the right gender, don't worry because there's a pause button mm-hmm. called puberty blockers mm-hmm. and you can go to your doctor and ask for them. And I mean, there's so much wrong with this from a feminist perspective. Um, you know, you're telling a girl that there's an alternative to puberty and I'm sorry there isn't. It's really uncomfortable for all of us. This is the female experience. It doesn't get any better. <laughs> um, <laughs> saying that as a 40-week pregnant woman. But, um, but so it's telling girls that. Um, but it's also selling this idea to kids and to parents, honestly, that puberty blockers are totally benign. Mm-hmm. And there's no such thing as pausing puberty without really severe side effects. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're only now learning about how severe those side effects are. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Europe, they're putting a stop to the practice because they're seeing such detrimental effects on bone density. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, there was a, an incredible story that I read recently. I believe it was in Barry Weiss's um, free press paper. Um, it's the FP.com. And Abigail Schreier, who first sounded this alarm several years ago with her groundbreaking book on the sort of transgender social contagion called Irreversible Damage, she talked to she talked to doctors and they said this has gone too far. I mean, these are doctors who are who specialize in transgender medicine. And when you say, you know, there are bone density issues, there are people who are seeing feeling their, their jaws shatter inside of them when they're just eating. Mm-hmm. Um, these effects are lifelong and they can lead to infertility among so many other things. And, um, and this lie is still being told to parents and, and girls that you can pause puberty without any side effects. And it's, it's coming from an industry that profits from these lies and profits from prescribing these hormones and turning you into a patient for life. As with so many things, the political science is so far ahead of the actual science. When I was first looking at this body image book, A Smart Girl's Guide, Body Image, How to Love Yourself, Live Life to the Fullest, one of the most disturbing, I mean, there's a lot disturbing with it, but one of the most disturbing things that I picked up was it provides a list of resources for organizations children can turn to, quote, if you don't have an adult you trust, close quote. Another way to put it, if you're at age three, four, five, six, seven, and don't like the answer your parents or an adult gives you, you can find someone else. You can end yep. run your parents. That's what that's telling yep. these kids. Yep. And and anyone, you know, we've we've been told that the word groomer mm-hmm. is is not allowed, right. and that it's somehow anti-LGBTQ. But this is literally the definition of grooming. When you're telling a child to keep secrets from their parents yeah. about some, something sexual in nature, yeah. that is literally the definition of grooming. 
And, uh, and that's what this is. This is, you know, parents are being told that they have to choose between a, a, a living child and a dead child. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah. the data on that is just clear that it's, that's not the case. Yeah. But all of these institutions, the, if you sort of, if you think about, you know, your child comes to you and says, I have gender confusion, they're, they're going to see a therapist who was trained in a program that was captured by the ideology. Right. The therapist belongs to a professional association that is captured by this ideology. Right. Uh, the American Academy of um, the, it's the APP, the Psychological Association. Uh-huh. In order to be a member, you have to literally sign your name mm. to following this ideology. Yep. Every step of the way, there's not really anyone that you can find that you can trust that will give you evidence-based advice that is not tainted by this ideology. That's right. That's right. Uh, Which makes me kind of want to say to parents, trust your instincts. You're probably smarter than these learned ignoramuses. Um, You're probably smarter than these educated Eichmanns. And I'm sorry if that's a strong word. I get it from a, 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 a good old child psychologist named Haim Gannott, uh, who wrote a book uh, called Between Parent and Child, Between Teacher and Child. Um, be suspicious of experts is, I think, probably good advice at this point. Let me take one more quick break, Bethany, and have you um, put a word in for the series, which I keep calling The Antidote, The Heroes of Liberty. Uh, Bethany Mandel and I will be right back. One of my uh, favorite writers and social commentators has been our guest, Bethany Mandel. You can uh, follow her works. Uh, She has a very active Twitter feed, which I highly encourage. But uh, also take a look at this book series she's put together, Heroes of Liberty, especially when you're thinking about uh, buying books for for children and young adults uh, in the Hanukkah and Christmas season that is upon us. Bethany, talk to us about Heroes of Liberty. Uh, I'm going to ask you an unfair question, which is, of all these books, what's your personal favorite? But you can get to that as you tell us a little bit about this. Ooh, that's like asking me to choose between my children. No, no, I'm not going to give you a Bethany's choice here. All right, I told you it was unfair. Well, tell us about the series, and and, and, and we'll we'll take you from there. Okay, so we released uh, a book a month um, since, this time last year, actually, um, we launched uh, right around Black Friday, and we choose a hero and spend about half the book sort of going over that person's early life so that kids can really sort of self-identify with that hero. And we choose folks that we think that kids should know about and maybe haven't heard enough about. Um, so some of our, our heroes are American, um, Clara Barton, Mark Twain, sort of quintessential Americans from America's past. And then you have more modern heroes like uh, uh, like Rush Limbaugh or Amy Coney Barrett or Thomas Sowell, um, sort of classic conservative figures like Ronald Reagan. Um, and we're, we went a little bit more modern um, with this book uh, this month. And, uh, and we're, we're highlighting Elon Musk. Um, and we've also done sort of inter- international figures. And so Margaret Thatcher and Winston Churchill are two of those. 
And uh, we'll have one coming out about Benjamin Netanyahu in the new year. Oh, wow. Um, but folks can can subscribe on our website. Um, and sort of it's the gift that keeps on giving throughout the year, which I love giving those kinds of gifts. Yep. Or they can buy bundles of our books that we've already released. Um, so there's lots of options. But we, you know, we saw a hole in the marketplace. The publishing industry is, is captured by woke think. And we we wanted to give parents and grandparents options. I was at a uh, local bookstore the other day, a brick-and-mortar one. There's not that many, so it's actually pretty prominent. And out of curiosity, I went to the toddler section. So we're talking kids younger than five, right? We're talking three- and yes. four-year-olds at toddler. You know what the first book I saw was a book uh, (laughs) close close it was to teach the alphabet it was called a is for activist i turned to the letter l you know this book (laughs) we turn to the letter l and we get lgbtq love who you choose because love is true liberate your notions of limited emotions um what i'm trying to tell people here bethany is there is good literature and there is crud literature there's crap literature And uh, you can help nurture a kid in the way they should go, or you can help destroy a child. And a lot of it will come from the literature and the tales we tell them. This has been true from the Bible and Plato to yesterday. And that's why I am just so much a fan of your series, Heroes of Liberty. I mean, I just think this is such a great project, teaching about manhood and honor, teaching about duty and country, teaching about justice and motherhood, teaching about faith and deliverance, and using the story of heroes that we grew up with that I really worry about eight-year-olds not ever hearing about ever again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they, they won't hear about John Wayne or Rush Limbaugh. Uh, if, you know, if not for our books, um, you know, my, my daughter really loves, um, really loves Amy Coney Barrett and, and knows that she's a local person and she's alive and she wants me to go basically stalk her. Hmm. Um, (laughs) and she wouldn't, you know, want to stalk Amy Coney Barrett were it not for these books. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not for, I'm not for stalking Supreme Court justices, (laughs) but I am for kids wanting to want to stalk Supreme Court justices. We were raised with them in my house. Some of them were heroes in my household. I mean, it was a different yeah. generation. There's no reason it can't be. I mean, Thurgood Marshall used to be a hero to people. I don't know yeah. why Amy Coney Barrett can't be as well. You're a hero to me in the audience, Bethany. I, I, I just really, I just, I thank you for everything you are and everything you do and want to thank you again and so recommend heroesofliberty.com to our audience once more. Thank you very much. If I don't talk to you before now and then, have a great holiday, and uh, congrats and good luck with uh, with your pregnancy. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We'll talk soon. You betcha. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.